Hello and welcome back to another episode of G'day NBA, home of the Triple Dribble, where there is consistent banter and we take ill-advised shots. Before we start, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Boxed Out Breaks. Boxed Out Breaks is a reputable card-breaking company here in Australia, run and owned by Celtics diehard Aiden. He breaks nightly, Monday to Friday, at a very reasonable price. Card-breaking is an affordable way of collecting basketball cards with the chance of hitting rookie autos, veteran autos, game-worn jersey patch cards, and many more cool inserts. Be sure to check them out on Facebook, and don't forget to box out. Alrighty, Adam, how are you, my friend? Good, mate. How are you? Good, good. Sunny, very sunny, hot weather here in Newcastle today. Beautiful weather. It's been awesome. It's unreal. Uh, it's very quiet on uh, the NBA front, but, um, you know, we can talk about the FIBA World Cup. And yeah. Well, heaps happened there. Yeah. I mean, since we last spoke, it was before the bronze medal game in the final. So let's talk about the bronze medal game first. Which was pretty much everyone's tip for the for the gold medal. For the gold medal, yeah. And it, I took it as a gold medal because it was primetime TV for us. We had yeah. the Knights versus Raiders yeah, that day, and Raiders it rolled game. straight from that into Canada versus USA for the uh, for the bronze medal. Yeah, so I think everyone that's a basketball fan has seen it by now. Mikhail Bridges... Hitting that ridiculous three-pointer to send it to overtime. So they were down by three. Kessler had one free throw to go. Yeah. Missed it on purpose. Yeah. Got kicked out to Bridges. And that, yeah, that turnaround three. That was insane. That's what dreams are made of. Well, it was, but they didn't end up winning. So, I mean, I think just looking back at the game again, I think Canada were on top for most of it. The USA dragged themselves back in. They scored. They outscored Canada by nine points in the last quarter. From there, obviously went to overtime. And I think from there... Uh, Canada just took over. Like Dylan Brooks had 39 points, which is a massive amount in a FIBA game. Dylan the villain. Yeah, so most points by a Canadian in 70 years, and it's also locked in their qualification for Paris 2024 Olympics. So Awesome stuff. It's not on the run sheet, but on that court in that game, do you have SGA as the best player? Yeah, so he took over that game. Like, yeah. I think when, when overtime, he, I think he took, scored the first seven points in overtime, and he was... He, We'll get to it later, but he, he was named in the All-Star uh, starting five for the World Cup, so he played to his name on that day. Interesting. Awesome. Does this win for Canada, or more so the loss for the USA, pretty much solidify the return of Durant? Curry to make his USA debut, I believe. And, oh, yeah. yeah, and Tatum. Uh, Are they pretty much a sure, sure thing walk in, along with LeBron James? I think that the... Cycle of US basketball is they don't care for three years and they get beat at the World Cup or they don't put in a, a good showing at the World Cup and then they all go, okay, fuck this. We're coming back for the Olympics. We want to yeah. win a gold medal. So all those guys that play for the USA won't be playing in the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, maybe, it maybe Anthony thing. Edwards, maybe. Yeah, Anthony Edwards will definitely get a run. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think it's sort of... They've locked themselves in. They all want to come back. They're all hungry again for some reason. They've got this new swell of national pride yeah. to become the planet Earth champs, as Nicholas Batum put it. So, <laughs> Yes, yeah, so that was a bronze medal game. Canada doing business, which is great to see for the World Cup and yeah. obviously moving for, forward. For, for world basketball, really. Yeah. I mean, seeing USA not even come home with a medal is huge for the FIBA it, competition. It's nice to see. It's great. It's yeah. great. Now, the gold medal game, which was between Germany and Serbia, seemed Germany, we take that one out. What would you make of that game? Yeah, so Dennis Schroeder uh, led the way for Germany. He had 28 points, 
8377 total score. So that means that my first tip for the year is wrong. Pat, yours is right. So you tipped Germany last week. Take that. Serbia get their second silver medal. Germany have their best ever finish. They've only won bronze before. So kind of a bit of a changing of the guard for world basketball. Every year, though, we see in the NBA, there's more and more international players. Like the last five MVPs have all been from overseas. That's just, that's crazy to think. So, I mean, there's definitely a changing of the guard, a lot more talent coming in from overseas. And there's no reason in another, say, five years that it could continue to roll with the likes of Victor Wembenyama. That's exactly right. Being on the court. That's exactly right. And I think. If he can reach that ceiling. The guys at Trailblazers in the past, I mean, Dirk was the more notable one and Steve Nash as well, which, I mean, he's. Everyone probably mistook, mistook him for an American, but he's Canadian. He is Canadian, yeah. Um, so outside of those two, no foreigners had won the MVP before 20... Whenever Giannis won his first one. So... Oh, 20... It was before COVID. 2018? Yeah, possibly, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he won two, and then Jokic has won two, and now Embiid's won the last yeah, one. Yeah, true. So uh, it's just been dominated by overseas players, which is great. It's, yeah, game. it's great to see... Great to see the game continue to, to grow in, in the uh, – oh, sorry, how rapidly it, it is. So. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah. Would you have had Serbia winning that game if Joker was there? It's hard to say I, no. It's exactly, exactly what yeah. you said. Like, they have – they he's enormous, like, in the game. So, he does everything. I think it's unquestionable they would have won that game if yeah. Jokic played. Yeah. All right, do we want to touch on the All-Star starting five uh, from this FIBA World Cup? Yeah, so they've done a positionless one, which yep. is um, sort of becoming the norm now. Like, you see that in the All-Star game as well in the NBA. Like, it's just the best five players. So, I'm not sure how they pick it, but we had Dennis Schroeder, uh, SGA, who's your Smokey for MVP this year in yeah. the NBA, uh, Anthony Edwards... He got 35 points against Latvia. He's, as we said earlier, he'll probably be a mainstay for the US for years to come. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic, that's a mouthful. Uh, he was the captain, so he stood in for Jokic. 19 points a game. And Luka, he was the highest scorer for the comp. So he had 27 points a game, seven rebounds, six assists, which is... So that that's what he was averaging. That's obscene. That's their averages. FIBA. And that's, so that's what... Just so, in case you weren't all over the FIBA um, World Cup listeners, that's 40 minutes per game played, yeah. not 48. Yeah, it's just... That's, that's crazy stats. Uh, and, like, as long as Luca's playing for Slovenia, they have a chance to be to go deep yeah. every, every World Cup, every FIBA. Just on the back of tournament. Him. Which, yeah, and the rest of them are good, great European players too. That's right. So which that's they, right. They bond. As long as Luca can fit in with them, they're always going to be... Yeah. They're always going to be competitive. That's right. Who was your player of the tournament? I think it's got to be SGA. Yeah. Like, he took his team to a medal. 24 points a game. He was the second second highest scorer for the tournament. So I think, as I said, you've already put him down as a smoky for MVP, and I think he's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And the fact that he was the second best scorer for the tournament, where Luca was the best, yes, but he's also... He's the primary ball handler for Canada. Yeah. But you've also got shooters like Dylan Brooks, yeah, RJ right. Barrett. Exactly right. Like... In that Canada team, to, so to still manage to be the second highest scorer. That's right. In the, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah, pretty solid all FIBA World Cup starting five. And these are all, like, pretty young guys, really. So they're going to be sort of featuring in FIBA play in the future, probably in the Olympics next year. Uh, they'll be hoping to take their teams deep again against the US team, which will be a lot different to the one we saw this year. Yeah, for sure. And so that's 
you know, the starting five and we just sort of agreed on who we thought was the best or yep. the MVP of it. Yep. Who was the biggest disappointment, whether it was a player or a team? Mine, my standout was France. Oh, yeah, okay, that's good. That's a yeah. good call because, I mean, they have, they've got a decent roster. Yeah. Like a lot of NBA players, uh, French NBA players now, so they would have been expecting to go at least to semifinals. Yeah. So that's, that's, a, that's a good shot. I mean, I'm just going to go with the USA because it doesn't yeah. compute that a USA team doesn't medal. At well, every single player plays in the NBA, exactly which right. is well and truly the best league exactly in right. the world. But it just goes to show that it's not always the best players that can come together. You've got to have team chemistry. It's a very, so. very different style of play. Yeah. And a lot of those European guys have played together forever, whereas the US guys sort of have all cut a different path to make it to the NBA. So um, that's a good shout. I think France, that's a good shout. Yeah. So. Yeah, so the different rules, um, that does change a lot of things um, in terms of FIBA and how it's played. And speaking of rules, what do you make of the new NBA load management rules? That have been introduced. So this is probably the biggest news that came out last week because it's become a bit of a blight on the league. I think the last few years, a lot of players just sitting out for no reason other than they just don't feel like it, I guess. I mean, uh, if, we review the, if you go straight to the rules and review them straight up, they must ensure that no more than one star player is available for each game. If they don't play, this is my favourite one, they have to be... On in view of the fans, they have to be at the game on the bench. Aren't they like, anyway? Though normally dressed in the street clothes. Well, I guess it depends. I think they can. They don't have to be. So they okay. they, they don't have to travel with the team if they don't want yeah. to. So That's, I think it's yeah. it's a bit of a it's That's a bit fun. of a weird Ex- one, especially for travelling fans. That okay here in Australia, you're looking at in today's day and age, you're probably looking at three grand to That's right. to get over there. Yeah. Then you're paying good money. And, to and sit. Then your team doesn't feel yeah. their best player. I think it's really weird too because, like, these guys are professional basketballers. They should be wanting to play every time they can play and they just – it seems odd to me that they need to tell their players, like, go on, go go play basketball. It's just – it's just it's a weird – I know it's a different atmosphere over there and that stuff, but it's, um, it's still really interesting to see. So the NBA have said we will favour if – ha- if you sit out a game, we want it to be a home game, which is – trying to push them to be like, I don't want to sit at home games because they're the most comfortable games for me to play. Yeah. And they've said that teams must refrain from any long-term shutdown where a star player ceases participating or begins to play a materially reduced role. So to me, that could mean if a player has a bad game, not on purpose, they could still get fined by the NBA. Yeah. So Interesting. So uh, It's going to be interesting how they, how they manage all this, how they... Do issue fines and yeah, so but the the fines are hefty, man. It's like the first violation is a hundred thousand dollars, second one's two hundred and fifty. Then it really ramps up. Doesn't Every it? single fine after that is one million dollars more than the last one. Wow! So you go one point two five, two point two five. Every single one is yeah bigger than the last. So it, yeah, like I said it's just weird they have to force them to play. I do get a few of the older players, the likes of LeBron, Al yeah. Horford, if they have come up against a very physical bigs team. Yeah. And then on the back to the back, if there is general soreness. like yeah. that well, Those guys have a, there's a provision there for them. Okay. So if you've played X amount of minutes over your career, 
or played X amount of years, that's you fair. are exempt. Okay, so LeBron's that, exempt. And every fair. single graphic I saw explaining it had LeBron and all the comments were like, they made these rules for LeBron. But <laughs> um, but there's so many guys that are under that age that don't, that don't need, that to, don't be need to be sitting, sitting out every single game. Like, And it's, it's, it's not every player from what I read. It's, it's a certain list that they've provided of, of, the, of the so-called stars. Yeah, so they defined a star player is any player who has made an all-NBA team or all-star game. Okay. So, I yeah. mean, it's pretty defined, but it's like over the last three years. So, yeah, and so the thing that is going to be interesting is some of the violations are discretionary. So it's up to the NBA what is classed as missing games on purpose of, or just like load management unnecessarily, un- load management. Um, so some teams might feel they're getting judged more harshly than others, yeah. which is sort of, it might be a bit of a mess. And I, I, think, I think it might take a couple of years to sort of work out a yeah a clear cut method on how exactly they're gonna I don't know examine it as such. That's right, and I, I see it become a bit of a tip for tap between the league and the teams because teams are going to start doing some very funky stuff to try oh, yeah. and you know fake injuries. And I think the best case scenario is all our star players start playing more games, but I have my doubts that that's how it's going to go. The players have so much power over the teams these days that it's just uh, becoming almost a joke. And like we see that with stuff like, not to digress, the Harden trade saga, Ben Simmons in the past, players just holding out. And this is going to be another one of those things where the players try to muscle the teams to get what they want, if that makes sense. Yeah, so it was, it was good to see. There was plenty of talk about it. And we will just quickly touch on it too. The other rule that I really liked that came in was the challenge. So if you do – we did speak on another podcast, but if you do uh, win your first challenge, you, you get a second challenge. I think that's the right thing to do. Yeah. I think we, – like, we have it in the NRL, which is a different sport, but it, yeah, it's, it works. It doesn't make sense to have a team use their challenge – and, and the lose referee, it if, if successful. The referee would be like, oh, yeah, actually, that was wrong. Let's do this. Yeah. And they lose it. But like, in saying that, after the second, whether they are right or wrong. Still lose it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But at least you're, you know, because it can be a game-defining moment where in the first, or more the first half, not the first quarter, yep. where challenges are like, they're clear that it's would be overturned. Yeah. But they're scared to use in case they need it later on in the game. That's right. If they use it early, it, it can change a game where it can bring them back into a game quite yeah. significantly. It can go from, you could be down eight and go down to hit a three, bring it back within five. Do you think it would be something where they could make it, you get one for the first half, one for the second half then? Because yeah. I mean, but really a lot of teams, the first three quarters are inconsequential because you, you can bring a game back from 20 points down in the fourth quarter if you have a great run. So it's sort of uh, one of those things that teams, yeah. Re- rarely will they challenge something unless it's a. That's not a bad quarter. shout. One in each quarter is probably not a bad shout. Yeah. Anyway, got a little bit off topic there. <laughs> um, there has been a couple of signings, nothing huge, nothing major, but one close to home, and that's Duop Wreath, the Aussie boomer who picked up, a, I think it was just a one year contract uh, to join the Portland Trailblazers. I think you're right. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. Like, yeah. For him, it's a hell he of a. He had a. Sorry to interrupt. He had a That's really right. good, not summer league, uh, FIBA World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. He did. And that's sort of, he's not the first one to get picked up by an NBA system after playing really well in FIBA play. I think Jock Landale was one of those guys after the Olympics that did that. Yeah. Uh, not only a couple of years ago. So, hell of a story. Hey, like. Born in Sudan, came to Australia when he was eight years old. He's bounced around a bit. He's played in Serbia, the NBL. 
Chinese Super League, and he played in Lebanon most, most recently. How good's that? Um, he was, he, but in Lebanon, I don't know the strength of the Lebanese league, but uh, 21 points a game, 10 rebounds, and two and a half blocks every game. So, Yeah, very handy stat line. Pretty exciting like to see guys like him get picked up, like, especially with the story I've just told about him. Uh, he goes to the Blazers. He'll be with uh, Matisse Tybal in Portland. Yes, he will, he will um, be. So on opening day, he'll be the 12th Australian on a roster, on an NBA roster. How good's that? It's great. And it looks like he might become the third string behind Yusuf Nurkic and Moses Brown, but if injury or poor form... Well, Nurkic... Nurt... Nurkic. Nurkic. It's a fucking struggle. There's a lot of itches um, in the yeah, NBA these days. Yeah, I've really struggled there. He's injured a fair chunk, like... Well, he has been injured a fair yeah. chunk throughout his NBA career. So He had that really nasty leg break a couple of years ago yeah. when the Blazers were looking to go deep in the playoffs and then he That's right. snapped his leg in half. Yeah. Yeah, so he's behind Nurkic and Moses Brown. So if injury or poor form strikes, he's got an opportunity to go straight into an impactful role there, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Portland, depending on what happens in the trade scene, will probably be a bit of a like lottery team which will probably be even more chance for him as the, as the season goes on and they start to rest more senior players, he'll get more and more chances to yeah, take his claim. That would be fun. You see what he, him and Giddy could do, like in and around the rim. Yeah. Like him and Scoot Henderson could have the same. Exactly right. They could get a nice little combo going. Exactly right. Yeah. So that's exciting for on the Aussie front anyway, yeah. All right. A few comments. Um, been, yeah, again, it's been very quiet. Um, Giannis got interviewed throughout this week, last week. It was last week where he was interviewed about his comments and staying in Milwaukee. He is keen to stay, but only <laughs> he sees himself winning another chip. What did you make of those comments? So the quote was, I'm a Milwaukee buck, but most importantly, I'm a winner. If there's a better situation for me to win the Larry O'Brien, I have to take it. I mean, I don't... Do you think it's a threat to leave or more of a push for the Bucks to... Load up on him. I can't fault the guy. Like he's always been up front with everything. Like he's a, yeah, exactly. he's a genuine guy. What I think he's trying to say is the team we have isn't a winning championship team at this point in time. Yeah. By the sounds of it, even though I still think they are. He's like, so if you don't look to continue to build around what we have, then I'm I'm going to be moving on. Yeah, they were they were super competitive last year. And a lot of people are forgetting when they did bounce out in the first round against Miami, Chris Middleton was nowhere near 100%. Like, he was... Actually, that's a good He, shout, he yeah. missed a good chunk of that back end yeah. of the season, yeah. which we've seen Chris Middleton in their championship year. Like, yeah. he was the second guy to, to go to. Yeah. It was all sure. coming off the book back of um, Drew Holiday. Yeah. He was running running the offense and, yeah, getting uh, Giannis and Chris in a good space. So, I think they could near run back what they had if yeah. everyone's fully fit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I think it's sort of, it's hard because like Giannis, as you say, like he's always been very upfront, but he's also been quite loyal to the Bucks and patient to get to this stage. He's the sort of guy that could go anywhere. Anyone will take him. He can go to a destination. He can go to New York. He can go to LA. Like he can go to well Miami. I mean, I'm I'm sort of digressing a bit here, but you can pick and choose where you go. And you, Milwaukee doesn't strike me as a city where. A guy like him would want to stay forever. Yeah, and that's it. Like he, he, although he has won a chip, he could also look at life after basketball. And I don't know if he would go to LA. I don't know if that suits him, but I could see him in a place like New York. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think it's 
it's interesting because he's he's said it before too. There's been there was a time uh, before they won their first one where he said something similar about how he wants to win more than he wants to stay in one spot. So it's becoming a bit more of a prevalent thing in the league. Even Damien Lillard for years said, "I'm staying in Portland. I'm staying in Portland." And now looking so much, like yeah. he's not staying in Portland because. They get to the stage in their career where they're like, I need to win and win now. The window's short. Like the, right. That window is closing and right. closing and, quick. And even for the teams that win it, a lot of things have to go right. Yeah. So, oh, and Yeah, 100%. It's more than just having the best team. As you said, like Chris Middleton going down last year hurt them and it hurt them through the year as well. Then to lose to the Heat in the first round, I think that's probably spurred him on to be like, we need to win again now. Yeah. <laughs> Very in- yeah, in- interesting. We'll, uh, we'll we'll see what unfolds. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Well, Josh Giddy. Yeah, Josh Giddy got asked the other day if he was the NBL chairman for a day, what would he change? And what he should have said was, "I'm never going to play in the NBL again. I don't give a fuck if you play with a football. <laughs> Do whatever you but, want." But he said, but w- paraphrasing what he said, he basically said, "Change the NBA rules." So he said. 12-minute quarters, six personal fouls, no zone defense, uh, basically wants it to be the same as it is in America. It was, it was a strange thing for him to have to answer because yeah, it's, he, it's never going to affect him unless he no. owns a team or something down the track. But I'm sure he will. I reckon he'll buy it with the money that he's making. He'll probably buy into the Adelaide 36s. I think, I think he'll see that down the track. And as more and more Aussies come into the league, I think that's going to be more of a... Uh, thing team ownership back at home even while they're playing so yeah I don't think it's something that Josh Giddy's gonna have to worry about but um, I, I wonder why I wonder why obviously like he was asked the question but I wonder why he wants to make it look more like the NBA do you reckon it would be to try and bleed more you know young young guns to make it an easier transition NBA? into the NBA well now the NBA is sort of lined up the NBL as an official pathway, I think that's a good shout. That could happen because, you know, you had guys like Lamelo came over here and played and if teams see that it's more and more like the NBA, they're going to be like, we want to have our players. We want to pick players from there because... So it probably is a good opportunity for the NBL. We need Not it, that it's going to happen, but... We need to do, we need to do a bit of, uh, bit of research, bit of, uh, bit of dioring. But I believe there is a high prospect in next... They reckon he'll go in the lottery stage of the draft and he's come over to play in the NBL this year. What is his name? Not sure. Yeah, right. Okay. Because I had that, that... I did read something about it. The NBL... Uh, I saw some highlights of a dude that's playing in the NBL for someone the other day and he's huge. I think he's Aussie though. Okay. He's like seven foot two, just monstering everyone. So okay. that's another one to look out for. I'll find out his name. Well, or, there is an American who... I think he went about 14th. Could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. I'm going to guess 14th uh, in an NBA draft. It could have been the 2017. Could be in the Jason Tatum draft. Yep. And his name is Denzel Valentine, and he okay. got drafted to the Bulls, and he's he's over here. He's playing for the Kings, Sydney yep. Kings this year. So yeah. oh, nice. That'd yeah. be good. Probably yeah. try and get down to a game or two. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd definitely want to get to it's a game. Def- it's definitely fun, for sure. All right. Around the grounds is, is that sorry is that us on basketball? I think that's going to be it for basketball entirely. today. As we said, like yeah. there hasn't been too much going on since we last. Waiting, spoke. I'm waiting to wake up because normally all the uh, American news drops while we're sleeping. Yeah, so I normally quickly jump on the gram, see any crazy trades or what James Harden's doing, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just hasn't happened yet, so 
But there was one one thing I think Jared Vanderbilt from the Lakers has signed a new contract. Like he has four years, forty eight million bucks. Okay, so they've locked him in. I think decent contract. Well, he helped them sort of make a push towards the playoffs last year. Like they went to the Western Conference Finals and Ke- sorry, yeah, Kelly Oubre also signing. With, That's right, yeah, seventy uh, sixes yeah. for the veteran minimum, which pretty he's handy. Like you look at what the Nuggets done with their roster and the depth that they had with the likes of Jeff Green, Bruce yeah. Brown. If you can get Kelly Oubre, he could be a good bench, like yeah, just role player. He, he, like he's, he's nothing outstanding, but he, he can put up points. Well, he, he's he's played long enough to know what his role is going to be. Like he's not going to come in there and try and destroy everyone. Like it's just not yeah. his game, and he's not not good enough to do that. So yeah, I think he's just sort of going to go there and play his role. So and who knows, like we said, what the seventy sixes will look like, but he'll he'll get a spot on the bench and he'll have some good minutes. I'd say for sure. All right, we'll um, just have a quick break and then we will be back with you guys real shortly. And we're back. Last time we were in here was Sunday morning ahead (laughs) of what I called to be an easy night's win, which turned out to be an absolute thriller. An overtime win for Newcastle, 30 to 28, I believe. that's right. Looked... Dicey at, at you know at half time there Raiders got those 16-6 16-6 six six at yeah. half time the fill in winger some uh, Schiller Schiller yeah yeah f- scoring that meaty just to, on half time before the game they announced him and I was being a Knights fan in the crowd like who the fuck is Nick Schiller they're gonna get <laughs> never heard of today her. yeah and that's that was my first mistake to so. end up scoring two meaties but um. Yeah. You were at the game. How was that crowd? Because watching from TV, it looked... It was, mate, the ground was shaking. Like, I've been to some... I've been lucky enough to go to some pretty cool sporting events, but in an outdoor arena, that's as loud as I've ever heard a stadium. And with that. Like, the place was shaking. It was ear-piercingly loud, like, almost to the point where you couldn't stand the volume. Um, the Nova Cashoons, they just get their footy, don't they? They, they just, just went. I think the the most replayed moment is probably when Dom Young strung away to score. We 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 attacked on like twenty two points in fifteen minutes, and I think the last of those tries when he went down the wing, the whole crowd rose, and the noise was just deafening. And what did you make when uh, Newcastle Junior? Tom Starling went over to to tie the game up. That happened right in front of me, and oh. I was just like. Fuck you, Tom. Mate, you weren't good enough to stay here. So, <laughs> I mean, this might come out to bite he, me. He was, <laughs> in my opinion, he was good enough. He was just overseen by the Knights at, at that time. Yeah, the Knights, look, the Knights don't have a very good track record of Keeping retaining talent. Juniors. I actually looked at the, at the Raiders lineup. It's like Hudson Young is a Newcastle local. Maitland boy. Tom Starling. Uh, there's a few others that have been through there. Joe Tarpanay. Joe Tarpany. He, he's not, he's not born Newcastle, but he was... He uh, made his debut for the Knights. Yeah, he was SG Ball, yeah, I believe. He, he made his debut for the Knights. And then over the years, like, Joey Lalua was down there. We've had heaps of guys go down to Newcastle, uh, from Newcastle to Canberra. And Tom was obviously layering up because he thought they were about yeah. to win the game. And <laughs> Kissing the Raiders. Fair enough, Raiders too. Logo. Fair enough, too. But, I mean, it didn't age well. It didn't. So, yeah, you just won that one. And speaking of not ageing well was the Knights... <laughs> next, next next game over in New Zealand. Yeah. It was always a tough ask. Coming off the back of a yeah, an extra time victory and then getting on a plane, flying to New Zealand That's right, yeah. against that Warriors like that hostile Warriors crowd. Yeah. I speaking about the Nova sorry, speaking about yeah. the Novacastrians crowd, 
I think the Warriors was just as highly anticipated. I feel like they were more venomous and the, I mean, they probably weren't as loud, but I think the hate or the tribalism for the Warriors was a bit stronger because of everything they sacrificed over the last few years for the NRL by living in Australia. Their fans couldn't go to games for two years. Pretty special moment over there. Uh, they didn't sell it out. Oh, they I didn't? don't think, like according to the official capacity, but I, it could have been a ticketing thing with the NRL because I know the NRL takes over the ticketing for the finals, so it yeah. might have been slightly different. But uh, after that like Raiders game, I remember standing there on the hill and everyone else was going mental that we won, but I just remember just taking just taking a breath and being like, We've "Can't got fucking believe week. we did that!" and now we have to go to New Zealand after 90 minutes of footy and play against a very physical Warriors team. Uh, so obviously we now know, know now the score. Uh, they got pretty well dusted in the end. They started slow. Um, it, was the, it was the start that really costed them. Getting yeah, that. They were right. playing catch-up footy after being down 16-0 within yep. 12 minutes or whatever it was. And they did do well to climb back. And then mm-hmm. there was a penalty that was given away early in the second half. I think it was Crossland laying down too long or yeah, something. Yeah, you're right, yep. Kicked out in touch, and there was an easy try under the post. And the boys, it was only like the 50-minute mark. Mm. They just, they looked gassed. They, yeah. 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 And shout out to the Warriors. No one tipped them to do anything this year, not only to make the eight, but mm. to make the final four. Huge shout to Sean Johnson, who I'm calling it now, Dallium of the Year, yeah. and uh, Andrew Webster for his first year as a head, head coach. I'm sorry, but it is way too soon for me to be shouting at the Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Up I'm, the wire. <laughs> no, I'll, um, I'll shout them only because yeah, you can't not like them in terms. No, of I agree. What, what they done for I the game, their whole families and themselves, yeah. obviously moving across from New Zealand during the COVID period to keep the game going. Yeah, quite, no, I, quite I get it. I get, really. like, I get it. It's just um, it's pretty special to see, and I think though, if we look at this weekend, I don't think that their run's going to go. Any further. Well, speaking of this weekend, let's look into it. We'll start with Friday night's game where we've got the Panthers and the Storm 7.50pm at a core stadium. Yep. We'll just quickly run through it. Who's your tip and why? Uh, it's got to be Penrith, doesn't it? I yeah. think. I, I mean, no other reason than the Storm's had two absolute slugfests. But at the same time, the Storm are just a different entity. You can't ever rule them out. Craig Bellamy will have them ready to go. They're just not... The squad quite, isn't quite what it has been over the years. They'll do really well to beat a fresh Penrith team in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have to play their best game of the year and yeah. Penrith will have to be below par for the Storm to just even be a chance. Yeah. I, I think they, they roll them through the, through the middle. Yeah, I think so as yeah, well. The Storm's so middle have well. been exposed the last couple of weeks That's outside right. of Nelson. Yeah. Which, which shown when all, all the experienced players left to go to the Dolphins, they lost the Bromwich boys and... Kafusi. Yeah, that's right. They lost a lot of sting up the guts. And yeah. So, yeah, I think the Penrith will probably not dominate them as much as they did the Warriors the first week, but they probably won't be too badly troubled by the storm. Yeah, I, I got Penrith, Penrith winning pretty easy. So, Saturday's game, which we just spoke about, the Warriors, they're flying over to Australia, playing in Brisbane at Suncorp Stadium against the Broncos, who, I don't know, I reckon they could nearly go all the way. If they get over the Warriors. I like the Waz, but probably with the line, I think you're getting about 12 and a half. Yeah, I think well, it'll be closer than what most people most people think. Yeah. What are I, your thoughts? I think you're right. I think it'll be a closer game than everyone thinks. But 
I think it would be as much the, the storyline for the Warriors is incredible, but I think it would be a great disservice to the game if the Penrith doesn't versus the Broncos in the yeah. game final. It, I, it I, would I, be, but I, I just think that the Warri- Warriors Penrith game will not. It won't be a contest. I just think the Panthers. Well, we seen we seen that two weeks ago. Exactly, we'll wipe them off the off the park. Interestingly enough, though, there is a stat that was broken last year by Penrith that if you lose to a team and then play them again within a month, you normally win. Okay. So, Look, um, yeah. I don't think the Warriors can win, but I think it will only be about a four to six, four to six point game. I think it will only be a try in it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think because everyone raves about how good Brisbane's forward pack is, yeah. I, I've got Warriors... Just as good forward pack. Yeah, I know, 100%. They've got some good players there. Like, mm. Tohu Harris was unbelievable last week. Him, so, Adam Fanua Blake. Yeah, Adam Fanua Blake. One of the buyers of the year who's probably never talked about is that Jackson Ford. Jackson he was Ford, picked yeah. up from the Dragons. Yeah. The amount of shit work that he does that doesn't yeah. go on the stat sheets. Yeah. Like the kick chases. Yeah. Just kick pressure, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, he's no, huge, huge in that department. I but I think, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to go with the Broncos. I mean... All right, let's me just say it because it's Broncos. I hate, I hate the fucking Broncos. There's a shiver there. I hate the fucking Broncos, yeah. but like, and and I love a good storyline. Like, I love stuff like what's going on with the Warriors. But I just like for the for the good of the game, I think that a Penrith Broncos grand final is what uh, the game deserves. It will be a fucking ripper if they go to the grand final. All right, so we're both got Penrith and Brisbane going through. Do we say this week or next week who we think will win the whole thing? Yeah. Oh, mate. I got the Bronx. Yeah, I think it'll be a cracking game if that is the grand final. It's a bit weird because Penrith, statistically, Penrith dominate everything and they have the better team probably on paper, but no team has three-peated since the middle of the 80s. I think there's only been, since the Dragons won 11 in a row, only two teams have three-peated since then. And yeah, wow. like, and the last one was Para back in the eighties before either of us were born. Yeah, so which is getting a long, long time ago now. <laughs> a long time but, ago. Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, I really won't. I, I just fucking. I can't. I can't pick the Broncos. Yeah, but um, I think I think Penrith will win. Yeah, yeah. Either way, I think that's the game that uh, the fans. The fans deserve to get because they yeah. are the best two teams yeah, easily right. um, right. this year. They have been the best two teams. Yeah. And I think just before we move on, you know, Penrith last year in the grand final, after the game, Ivan Cleary was sitting in the press conference and he goes, everything we've done for the last three years, that was everything perfect. They played, they peaked exactly the right time of the season. And I think they would like to try and, cap, I'd like to think they're capturing that again this year, try and do it again because the game last, the, the grand final last year against Para was just about the perfect game of rugby league you can play. Yeah. Like, and Para... It was over It was over within the first 20 minutes. Well, Para didn't play badly, yeah. but Penrith just played an yeah. unbelievable game. Yeah. So... NFL news, what are we, two weeks in now? Yeah, week two is just finished. Um, it's been a couple of injuries. So the first week we had Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who looks like he's out for the season. I think it was an yeah, Achilles so or ankle. Achilles, injury. which pretty much is a death knell, especially at his age. Yeah. Like, I don't... I, I hate to say... I don't think you'll play again, but that's a sort of injury. It's, de- it's definitely an option. Yeah, that's at, right. At his age. Yeah. Um, and then this week for the Cleveland Browns, mm. Nick Chubbs. Was it a hyper extension? Stubbs. Yeah. Stubbs. It's Chubbs? Chubbs. 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 
I wrote Stubbs. I think it might be Chubbs. I think it's Nick Chubb. Anyway. Anyway. Yeah, so it looked like he hyperextended his leg. It didn't look like he hyperextended his leg. There's I, more to it? It, 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 it? He definitely hyperextended his leg. It looks like the fucking boom mic in here. Fuck. I mean, it, it was... It was backwards. It was bent in a way that knees aren't supposed to be bent. Yeah, it's something that uh, we'll have to get up for you guys because I did. I watched the video. Yeah, that's that's yeah, not how that's, that's, not, not, how knee, that's not how knees go. That's not how knees go. Oh, that's bad. Um, I think so. Years and years oh. ago, a uh, guy from the Buffalo Bills, Willis McGahey, did the same injury, and it is almost an exact carbon copy of that. I feel sick uh, just, just watching it. Yeah, so. And he's a really promising young player. Like he's a great player. So hopefully, for him, the recovery is like the prospect. The prognosis isn't too bad, and he can come back. But that's going to be a long road. Fingers, fingers crossed for yeah. him because <laughs> he and he's a he's a dominant um, running, running back. back. Yeah. Any other NFL news? Anyone stood out for you? You've been watching much? Um, I haven't been able to watch as much as I'd like to. But I mean, Buccaneers fan. We're two and zero. Baker Mayfield. Doing his thing. He's 2-0. Yeah. Just get up this way. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, I'm I'm surprised. My team um, has been pre- pretty rank the last couple of years, which is the Seahawks, but we got the oh, win yeah. in overtime against the Lions. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. cool. So the Lions 2-0? Uh, they're 1-1. Uh, no, they're 1-1. One one. Oh, they beat they Kansas the City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. They did too. Yeah, they beat Kansas yeah. City yeah. week one. Um, yeah, no one's really standing out for me at the moment. In turn, normally it takes about five weeks. Yeah, it takes a little while before you start getting a grip yeah. of how teams are actually going. That's right. Did you see the uh, last week the Jets game? The Jets fans that were racking up. Oh, sorry, the people in that bar. And it was like, if the Jets lose, you get your bar tab for free. No, and I didn't so once see that. Aaron Rodgers busted his Achilles, they were cheering. They were cheering. Everyone started buying fuck a ton of drinks. Drinking the house down. But the Jets won. The Jets won. And so they all had to pay. Against the Bills too, you'd be thinking, oh yeah, yeah like the Bills, right. the Bills will run away with yeah. this now. So uh, I think Aaron Rodgers probably owes that backup quarterback some drinks. <laughs> and some. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll try and get some more NFL stuff soon. I mean, I try and watch it when I can. Um, check the scores all the time, obviously. But that injury on the weekend was just, my social feed was just... Absolutely. And people sending it to me, I was like, I don't want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, once, once is enough. That's right, yeah, it was enough. But yeah, yeah. all the best to him. I think that's it's about as bad as it gets. Oh, yeah. That might about do us. Well, hang on. How did you go at the races last week? Uh, are we talking in terms of what I brought home or how I, ca- or how I came home? Well, hopefully with a pocket <laughs> full of cash. But what else did you bring home? Uh, I went, well, I didn't bring anything home. Came home in a state. But that was due to a really good day. That's good. I yeah worked the morning. Uh, ended up knocking off earlier than what was planned originally. But the yep. sun was out and about. It was thirty one degrees in Newcastle. Yeah, the boys that I went with were there. Photos were being sent of the cold beers and yeah. my rubber oh, arm went. Wow. So I got to the track and I'd done the reverse form of what you like to do. So I started really well in the day and yeah. then fell off a bit of a cliff. Uh, where you like to start slow and and build yeah. into it, but yeah, overall it was it was a good day. Yeah, I think if you have an early win, it's dangerous because you get a little bit excited. The, the, st- the size of the uh, stakes start to go up. They up, they up. do. Yeah, and yeah, so I went back down off a cliff. Then I had one horse I had circled in when I done the form Thursday night, and it won Democracy Manifest. Oh yeah, good. Which was in one of the races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got about six dollars for it. So that. 
boosted me back up. Look, overall, I didn't go too bad. I yeah. think I think I was about even for the day, but yeah, uh, very interesting ride home. Yeah, in terms well, of well, I just got the Uber home. Yeah. Um, thought I was getting the bus. One of the boys called me. Went back to one of my uh, mates' house, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy was coming on the pod and. Yeah, he's like, no, nah, you're not getting the bus home. I'm, I'm putting you in an Uber. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. You were going to be that guy on public transport. Yeah, I would have been the guy who uh, blacked out, missed my stop. Oh, wow. Jeez, that's a big lara. Ended up back at Newcastle Depot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was, and it was nothing nothing hectic. I was on mid-strength for as long as I can remember. Uh, we headed back to the famous Bennett Hotel. Oh, the Bennett, nice. I should have went home after the races, yeah. but, you know. Beers were still cold. That's so. right. Yeah, you, you can't walk away from a heater like Bennett, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, met some, uh, met a couple of guys there that were from Melbourne that were down at the Newcastle Cup actually. So yeah, right, nice. yeah, doing the same thing, ripping in. Yeah, good. I'm sure there was plenty of it. And if the weather stays like this, there's going to be a lot of carry on this summer. I'd well, say. spring carnival. Uh, we've got footy grand finals. We've got the NBA season coming up. Yeah. NFL's well and truly running. Yeah, union unions on at the moment. Yeah, the too. World Cup's on at the moment. Yeah. The Aussies got. Dusted by Fiji yeah. on uh, what Monday uh, Sunday night, so that was disappointing. But the Fijians just dominated us the whole way. Like, I know, I know, we're rambling about shit here, but it's a fucking joke that you got to pay for stand, don't you? To, yeah, to you watch do. It? To watch, I think you have to, like, yeah to watch it. Yeah, I, I think the Aussie games might be on um, Channel Nine, NBN. Okay, but, I was uh, going to say that's that's poor form. If not, yeah, I, I think it, well, I think it's like an anti um, anti. I can't remember the name. I can't remember the word right now, but um, it's to stop every uh, significant national fixture in the sport has to be on free to air. Okay. So uh, anti funneling, I think it's called. Okay. But um, we'll, we'll run with that. Yeah, I, I've got no idea. I'm not a broadcasting expert, <laughs> as you can tell. But um, yeah, I think like, like the Wallabies, they're just not. They've just been on a downhill slope for a long time. Yeah. Um, so my parents are over there now. Actually, they're going to the next game. Nice. So that'd be cool. But who, uh, who have they got? They got Wales next, I think. That'll be a good. We're actually, favourites, which is which is odd because they beat us the last World Cup. I'll never back against my country, but if we're favourites against Wales, mm. fuck. If I was not Australian, I'd be putting money on that. Yeah, get on that. Yeah, get on that. Some any, any Welsh fans out there? I know there's a heap of years out there, so <laughs> um, get out. There oh, I'm, go, I'm going now. for the Irish. Um, yeah. Oh, right. I'm going for the Irish yeah. this World Cup. That Celtics connection? Yeah. Well, deep, deep within the family lines. Oh, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. I'm very little Irish, but I'll <laughs> run with it considering the yeah. Wallabies. You can tell it in your accent. Yeah. I'm sure you can hear it through the microphone. <laughs> to be sure, to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, let's wrap, wrap it up, up on that note. All right, guys. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Quickly, what do we got coming up? Maybe a, a futures where we can look at a bit of a betting show in terms of... Yeah, we'll of sit down. We'll go through some futures, our tips. Yeah. That may or may not be wrong, but yeah. we'll see. We got MVPs, winners of divisions, all that sort of stuff. So, rookie of the year. Yeah, so hang around. All right. Sweet. We'll all that stuff coming up. Sweet. Sounds good. All right, guys. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you again next week. Bye bye.